you always want to ask, what is my opponent's range and how are they going to proceed with it? And right here, um, Rick has all the nut hands, right? He would probably raise all the sets. He'd raise ace-queen, queen-ten suited, etc. And uh, this is a spot where Rick can get away betting frequently and big. Hello, everyone. I am Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode... What is it? 340 of Weekly Poker Hand. Goodness gracious, that's a lot of episodes. We've been here for a while doing this for all of you. If you have not watched the previous episodes, make sure you check those out at my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash pokercoaching. And if you're here on YouTube, if you like these videos, do me a favor. Click the like button and the subscribe button and the notification button below. Click, click, click. That'll go a long way to helping the YouTube overlords know that you like me. I hope you like me. I like you. Thank you for being here. Let's go ahead and get started. We are taking a look at a hand from a 400-800 with a 1600 straddle game. This is high-stakes poker. This was played on, well, high-stakes poker. You can watch it at pokergo.com. They have all sorts of great, very, very, very high-quality poker shows for you. Make sure you check that out at pokergo.com. Rick Solomon, you all may know him. He has a... Um, special video that he put out a while back that made him slightly famous. He raises it up to $6,000. Folds around to Tom Dwan in the cutoff with King Jack offsuit. This is where Tom Dwan has shown that he has matured. Instead of re-raising the 20,000 bucks, as old Tom Dwan would have done every time, he sticks out his tongue, and he folds. Oh, Tom. All right, I, I, I mean, I like the play. It's perfectly fine. Um, it, whenever someone raises under the gun to four big blinds, four effective big blinds, and it's Rick Solomon, who I mentioned before is usually on the tighter side, but every once in a while it gets sporadically splashy. You just don't want to get out of line. Just fold your king jack. Good play by Tom. Um, if the raise came from a slightly later position or if Tom was in a slightly later position, maybe three bets it, but I like the fold. Nick Petrangelo folds the button over around to Michael Schwimmer in the small blind. Michael Schwimmer is a former professional Major League Baseball pitcher for the Phillies. And with this ace-jack offsuit in the small blind, I want you to take a second and ask yourself what you would do because all options are really available. Remember, remember YouTube comment section. We don't know Rick Solomon has pocket aces, okay? You don't know what cards your opponent has when you're playing poker. Okay, so in this scenario, what would you do? Would you fold the ace-jack? Would you call the 6,000? Would you re-raise to... 15,000, or would you re-raise to 24,000? I want you to pause the video and type your answer in the comment section below. I'll wait for you. Go ahead. Do it. All right. Did you do it? I see a few of you did not. Okay, stop. Stop, 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 everyone. I'm serious. Go down and write your answer in the comment section. I'll wait a few more seconds for you. Okay. I'm glad you did that. Doing this active learning process is going to go a long way to helping you improve your skills. And another way to improve your skills is to check out my Cash Game Tips free downloadable PDF. If you play cash games, you need to have this PDF. Make sure you get that right now at pokercoaching.com slash cash tips. Also, if you want to check out pokercoaching.com and go in-depth and improve your skills, we're having a, hot, a New Year's sale. Check that out at pokercoaching.com slash New year sale. All sorts of stuff going on, huh? All right. Ace-jack offsuit, I think probably wants to three bet. Remember I said Tom Dewan's king-jack 
should probably consider a three bet, but you got to be a little bit cautious. Here, there are fewer players yet to act for Michael Schwimmer, and Michael Schwimmer is going to be out of position. And Ace Jack plays quite poorly out of position in general. Now, look, I realize, I fully realize he would be three betting, re raising into Rick Solomon's pocket aces. It's going to go poorly for him. But I think that's probably the right play in this situation because when you call, you're just going to end up drastically under realizing your equity out of position against the under the gun raiser. And um, one of the two players you have to act could sporadically put in a re-raise if you decide to call and force you off your hand. I also don't hate folding. I know it sounds really nitty to say I would fold here, but I mean, I think it's reasonable, especially if we think Rick is on the tighter side. I don't do a ton of calling in the small blind when there's a uh, straddle, just because you have more people yet to act, right? Um, if you are going to re-raise here, you definitely want to make it 24,000. You don't want to go 15,000 because if you go 15,000, Rick's going to call you literally every time or re-raise you. Whereas if you go 24,000, you are going to get Rick to fold out some hands. Like give Rick, I don't know, king-queen. It's a pretty miserable spot. He should probably fold. Give him um, a, a lower pocket pair against a lower pocket pair like pocket eights. He's going to call. You're going to bet the flop a lot of the time and he's going to fold and that just gives you more money. So you definitely want to re-raise big in this scenario. Michael does call though. Let's see how that goes for him. Jean-Robert Ballon makes the good fold with the ace nine. Don't think that just because everybody else is being splashy and losing their minds, you have to as well. Jean-Robert played good, pretty fundamentally sound poker in this episode of Poker After Dark. And we see the flop. Queen, 10, 6. Michael Schwimmer has a gut shot. Rick Solomon has aces. Michael's going to check everything here. Rick goes for a continuation bet. I like a pretty big continuation bet here. If you think about the hands that the small blind will call in this scenario, it's going to be mainly good, strong, big cards, which hit this flop very well. It's going to be pocket pairs, which, you know, don't especially hit this flop well, but whatever. And then it's going to be middle suited connected type hands, which either have a pair or a straight draw at this point, right? So in this scenario, you typically want to bet on the bigger side. The pot is 15,000. I would bet something like 12,000 in Rick's scenario. You always want to ask, what is my opponent's range and how are they going to proceed with it? And right here, um, Rick has all the nut hands, right? He would probably raise all the sets. He'd raise ace, queen, queen, 10 suited, etc. And uh, this is a spot where Rick can get away betting frequently and big. So I would go something like 12,000. We discussed this thoroughly in my cash game masterclass and also my tournament masterclass. Those are available at pokercoaching.com. Again, get the new year sale. You might as well get it while it's on sale at pokercoaching.com slash new year sale. Michael makes the call with the gut shot, which I think is fine. It's probably close to a fold in reality. Um, normally when you have an overcard and a gut shot to the nuts, calling is very, very viable. But this is one of these rare scenarios where I think folding's probably just right immediately. And that's because if Rick is bluffing with ace-king, if you get the jack, you still lose, right? And if you get the ace, you still lose. So you're only drawing to four outs. And there's no guarantee you're just going to get maximally paid off. That said, if something like a king does come, it's kind of likely Rick has top pair, top kicker, pocket aces, king, queen, whatever. And all those hands will will pay off pretty well. But <laughs> I normally I'm not trying to fold a gut shot in an overcard, but I think this is one of these rare instances where you probably should at least consider it. Calling's fine too, though. If Rick, uh, Michael was in position, like on the button, then I definitely think calling is fine. But from the small blind, you do have to be very cautious because it's really, really hard to get paid. Turn is a jack giving Michael, well, that death card where he has a pair now. He checks and Rick opts to check behind. And I actually like this check behind a lot because if you think about that range we gave Michael on the flop, it was going to be a whole lot of queens, tens, um, straight draws like 9-8, right? It's going to be stuff like um, 
King Jack and Jack Nine suited straight draws, which, you know, you're ahead of, but they still have loads of equity. And against that range, you're actually not in all that great a shape with the pocket aces anymore. Also, if Michael does have a hand like Ace Jack, Ace 10, Queen 9 suited, he may even fold if you keep making a relatively big bet on the turn. So uh, this is a spot where I do think you probably want to exercise a little bit of caution and check. You also know pretty clearly which rivers are like awful for you, right? And you also don't want to bet turn and get check raise. That would be terrible here because when you get check raise on this turn, it's probably just to fold with the aces, but you're not really trying to fold aces. So this is a spot where Rick did a great job of recognizing that his normally strong pocket aces have shriveled up to become a clear marginal main hand. So he does check check. And when he does check behind on this turn, he's not planning on folding the river. I mean, I'm trying to think if there's any river he actually folds to a bet on. I mean, on a king, he has a straight, right? So that's good. On a queen, that's a pretty bad river, but he still probably just calls because he beats overvalues with like ace-jack, king-jack, jack-nine, etc. Um, a jack is fine because a queen may value bets and some bluffs are available. A 10 is obviously fine for the same reasons. Nine is pretty bad. A nine and an eight are pretty bad rivers for Rick, and he may actually end up folding to a substantial bet there, and I think that's probably right. But every other river is fine. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, all are fine. So this is a spot where when you check back turn, you already know pretty clearly, like you're just not folding this hand. Um, so Rivers two of clubs. Michael has a very clear marginal made hand, which again, we discussed thoroughly in the Cash Game Masterclass at PokerCoaching.com. And you should definitely check here. He does check. There's no point in trying to turn this into a bluff, as some people think. Because in reality, I don't think this ace-jack wins all that often at the showdown. But it does every once in a while. When Rick has a hand like pocket nines or ace-10 or 10-9, it's probably just going to go check-check and you win. So this is not a hand you want to turn into a bluff. Hands you would consider turning into a bluff here are going to be hands like ace-six suited, maybe. That's a hand that probably doesn't win at the showdown. You probably don't have six-five suited ever. Remember, there was this weird four-big blind raise pre-flop in a straddle pot. Maybe don't even have a six suited. This is one of these scenarios where you definitely want to be hyper aware of what your actual range looks like. And uh, maybe a hand like 10-9 opts to bluff or a hand like ace-10 opts to bluff because it is relatively easy for Rick to have a hand like ace-jack or king-jack here, right? And ace-jack or king-jack could easily fold to a substantial bet. You want to be very careful in these scenarios in Michael's shoes that you are not only betting when you have the nuts or an effective nut hand, which a lot of people will do in this spot. And um, given Michael's range, preflop has to be pretty tight. It's kind of hard to find logical bluffs. And when it's hard to find logical bluffs, usually like bottom pair with some sort of blocker is one of the best hands to use as a bluff when there are no other busted draws available. Anyway, he checks his ace track, which is fine. Rick does go for the value bet. I do think a value bet is in order. Even though backdoor clubs arrived, you're not so worried about that. Pots 31,000. We're trying to get called by a queen or a jack, right? So how much will a queen or a jack call on this very coordinated board? Well, probably probably about half pot. I actually think this is a pretty pretty nicely played hand by Rick. I would have raised a three big blinds preflop or you know three units of the straddle preflop. But besides that, I, I like the way he's played this. Uh, he does go for this bet. Michael Schwimmer comments right now. This could be a super donkey call, but I'm going to do it. He calls and uh, Solomon shows him the bad news with the pocket aces. And he says, aces win. That was the perfect bet. And it probably actually was the perfect bet because again, what is Rick trying to get called by? He's trying to get called by ace queen, king queen, queen nine, ace jack, and king jack, and maybe jack nine. And those hands just cannot call a substantial bet. Um, one thing worth noting, 
some people, when they do make this bet, like half pot in this scenario, this is almost always an indicator of a strong but non-nut hand. Not always, but often. Some players will have this tendency. If they do have this tendency where this is always a strong but non-nut hand, you should definitely, definitely consider putting in some check raise bluffs if you think they will be willing to fold it. Like right here, if Michael Schwimmer dials it up to $75,000, whoo, what do you do with those pocket aces in Rick's shoes then? Certainly a horrible spot. Notice in this scenario, Michael could definitely have flushes. He could definitely have straights. And uh, he could re read this bet as a strong but non-nut hand. And when he makes it that 75K, ooh, that would be dirty. Um, if you play a lot of very, very high stakes games or watch a lot of very high stakes games, you will see a lot of the best players in the world do a whole lot more river raising and check raising than you may be accustomed to. So make sure you uh, don't open yourself up to get crushed in that scenario if your opponents will actually take advantage of you. I actually have a um, tournament masterclass. I know this is a cash game uh, video, but I have a tournament masterclass where I go through all of these strategies on the river and how to balance your river raising and check raising range. So make sure you check that out at pokercoaching.com. We're having the New Year's, New Year sale. So get that at pokercoaching.com slash New Year sale. After all of this, Michael does make the call. Big pot goes over to Rick Solomon and he chips up. He'll be able to buy some more high-quality recording equipment for his next video ventures. Good luck in your games. Have a great week. Thank you very much for being here. Again, if you enjoyed this, click the like button. Click, click. And I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for taking the time to watch this video. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want more strategy lessons, preflop charts, and interactive quizzes, make sure you get your free membership to PokerCoaching.com right now at PokerCoaching.com free. I'll talk to you next time.